Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Elizabeth Varghese. They will join us to discuss blockchain reaction. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science Show. Well, the biggest need that we as humanity face is really the need to connect. How will blockchain in particular help bridge that connection gap? Joining us today to discuss this issue is Ms. Elizabeth Varghese. Ms. Varghese helps organizations and leaders transform to achieve powerful business outcomes. She's recognized as a global top influencer for her continuing thought leadership in HR strategy and analytics. She has penned the new book, Blockchain Reaction. The Future of How We Live and Work. Ms. Varghese, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm delighted to have this conversation today. Oh, well, it's a great book you've put together here, Blockchain Reaction, in which you really talk about uh, this emerging technology and how it'd be the future of how we live and work. I'm curious why you decided to put the book together. So, you know, as we think about global potential and the connectivity that we've achieved through technology, it's pretty tremendous, right? And we've been seeing that as people have become digitally fluent and have access to technology, they've access to the internet, they've really been able to change their lives, both in terms of how they learn, but also how they access opportunities, how they can share their credentials and connect with the larger global community. Now, one of the big barriers in harnessing our you know, human potential as a, as a global community remains this differential access to technology. And blockchain represents one of those technologies which can actually help us connect, help us access information, help us build trust by using authenticated identity and authenticated credentials. And it'll really help us access skills and capabilities from people around the world. Now, this is really important when you think about the fact that you know we've crossed 8 billion as a population and, and on, on planet Earth. We will get to be over 9.7 billion. And the majority of this growth that we're expecting to achieve by 2050, right, moving from 8 to 9.7 billion, is actually going to come from a few countries. It's going to come from the countries like India, Egypt, Nigeria, Pakistan, Philippines. And in countries in both Africa and Asia, there is a difference in, in how people participate in the formal sector. So in Africa, for example, about 86% of people are in the informal sector, the employed are in the informal sector, whereas in Asia, 68% are in the employed are in the informal sector. So what this really means is that, you know, one people, the, the skills and capabilities of a large swath of people as relates to how they're participating in the global digital economy is limited. And what blockchain does is it, in, in this particular use case that I discussed in the book, helps us pro- access all of these skills as should in order to ensure that everybody moves forward, everybody accesses information in ways that they haven't been able to do before. So the, the reason I wrote the book really to highlight utility of blockchain as a technology to make some of this happen. 
People are probably largely familiar with blockchain in the context of cryptocurrency, but might not be familiar with it more generally. What is blockchain? That is a great point. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, the truth is that the entire conversation around crypto has led people to associate blockchain with cryptocurrency, right? And all the ups and downs that have gone with those conversations, I think, are, you can set them aside. But the, the truth is that blockchain is essentially much more than that. It's essentially a technology, it's a platform that provides or resolves for three main issues. It ensures that the data, the information that we have available to us, blockchain provides the mechanism to ensure provenance of the information. So provenance is basically knowing where it comes from, what are the antecedents of the, of the data or the information. Because the way the technology operates, you're building upon capturing data per transaction. It is immutable in the sense that as information changes, record of the information exchange is maintained. So that ensures that it's easier actually to verify and validate information because you provide the, the trail of how information has got to a particular point. And that's happening by using blocks and hashes. And then the other thing it, it does is because blockchain allows a certain level of decentralization, you know, depending on whether you're using a private or a permission blockchain or public blockchain, what it does is it ensures that the individual can manage or control their identity and their information as they operate on the blockchain. So the blockchain solves some of these problems, right, in the sense of how it can help providing provenance, providing immutability to transactions and ensuring decentralization in a secure fashion. And that's the big reason why lots of financial organizations are using blockchain as the underlying technology in transaction management. Cryptocurrency has, is just one use case of this technology. And what I've spent time talking and you know, writing about is really how we can apply this technology in particular use case. Uh, there are many, of course, but in the talent ecosystem, because that has the potential to really, again, transform our access to skills and ensure that people around the world can exchange information about their skills and capabilities and you know, access jobs and really better economic opportunities. The truth is also that many of the jobs in our global economy today are getting disaggregated in terms of specific skills. So jobs are becoming more complex. You have to know you know, different disciplines and different kinds of technology to complete a particular job or a role. And organizations are disaggregating these complex jobs into the component skill part. Now, what this does is information about particular skill that an individual might have. If we can validate and authenticate information about that person's skills and authenticate that person's identity, what it helps organizations and, again, the global community do is ensure that we're kind of mapping people to opportunities that their particular skills might be leveraged. What this does is it removes the barrier of college degrees or even geographical location, because once we're moving in an economy, in an talent ecosystem where we're able to verify identity and credentials, people are going to trust each other more. People are more likely to hire people with skills that may not necessarily come from traditional places or geographies or profiles that they might have access in the past. Again, all of that will ensure that we are using more of human potential than we have historically as a, as a digital global economy. One needs to, of course, make sure that the information that's put into the system is valid to begin with, eliminating any bad actors that are trying to manipulate the input side of it. That's right. That's right. And, and so there are some, you know, the, the interfaces that, you know, where data is input or even the potential to bad actors, compromise security. They, they, so there are definitely no system or no technology is foolproof, but 
certain things that solve blockchain as a technology can solve for, which will help us move forward. Especially in the in the talent ecosystem, you know, when lots of issues that challenges we see around, as I mentioned, there's the access to potential in the talent process itself of how you can think about, well, you know, how do I hire somebody? Right? How do I pay someone? How do I get information about their background or their credentials? Institutions today, when they try to hire somebody, you know, they're going back in time, going back to schools or colleges to actually ensure that somebody, who they are, but two, has the right skills and capabilities. So by using blockchain and digital identity wallets, you can provide some of these credentials in ways that disrupt and make these processes of validation much more efficient. Um, and again, that will you know, help the process. It's not foolproof. No technology is 100% uncrackable or unhackable, but changes the game in terms of the process inefficiencies that we can see. And that's really true for lots of employee data or individual data, you know, provides the level of security and encryption that allows us to, again, streamline the way we transfer information. There's always this question of accessibility and implementation of blockchain across the globe is not uniform. And how do we ensure that this technology does get widely employed such that we're able to draw the biggest talent from potential sources that we possibly can? So, you know, we're definitely at the point that we were, you know, back in the 90s around the time of the Internet. So, you know, back in the day when maybe some of us were in school, the, the Internet wasn't as widely used, but we had lots of intranets, which were these trusted consortiums of people or institutions that shared information. And you had intranets in universities or colleges. And as things progressed and we established more protocols of exchange and some regulatory frameworks, these internets really connected and started sharing information more broadly. People who never would have exchanged financial data or making e-commerce transactions using credit cards over the internet. So we moved from, as the level of trust increased, we were able to connect these internet, these small consumptions of trust into larger ones. Our journey with blockchain is, is very similar. We're seeing smaller consortiums operating together, exchanging information, streamlining processes, and they're trying to think about ways in which different blockchain platforms can connect and be in, have interoperability. So we're, I think, moving to that place. But that's going to happen when there is more information around how this technology can help us. And the entire focus of blockchain utility in crypto has slowed us down, I would say, to a certain extent. But as we think about how people can use this technology more, I think they're going to see more of that connect, and that will help bridge the barrier. So, so I think that we can expect more of happening. As more and more jobs move towards gig economy, as having to vet the right people for a number of different tasks based on their abilities is going to be essential. That's right. That's right. So the, the, you know, the big shift that we're seeing is obviously the disaggregation of jobs into skills. We're seeing, as you rightly pointed out, the gig economy where the workforce is expecting a different kind of employment relationship in many cases. Organizations and employers are also realizing that the best talent for a particular skill or capability need not reside in their geography or their organization. And having a contingent or a flex ecosystem of talent helps the organization be more nimble, be more agile in terms of how it captures what it needs from the market on an as-needed basis. And all of those are trends that really will exacerbate the need for technology that can enable those gig economies and what technology like blockchain can do. And there may be other technologies that you know will emerge over time. Again, provide a mechanism for us to 
ensure that the gig economy operate you know more trustworthy fashion payments can be made more effectively and we you know what we talk about like about every individual having about 27 different digital identities it blockchain and digital wallets provide a way to control and manage the information that individuals have about themselves and share about themselves that again will increase the trust so when you have good guardrails and good mechanisms to exchange information actually the the exchange of information increases because people feel more comfortable in sharing their data this technology will enable more of a democratization of the workplace away more from these hierarchical structures in some way definitely definitely so the gig economy you know we've seen a revolution of it already right so it's not entirely new but as they're going to see more contingent staffing or flex staffing come into place you know what we're seeing is is a democratization of access to opportunities right so you don't have to be in a organization to access a type of work that you know helps you make a living right? so that itself is you know one aspect of it the second part of it is organizational hierarchies that we might see if you have technology that enables teams to come together and collaborate effectively it is quite possible that you don't need those mechanisms of command and control or supervision and we've already seen that you know, in the, in the in the DAOs that have been set up right people can if you have the technology that helps share information make those decisions people can come together and work together and make this so definitely you know the democratization of opportunity the democratization of how work and the agency that people have around their work and what they choose to do will tremendously increase in, in the future for these reasons How broadly do you see this being implemented currently and where do you think we are in terms of its future implementation in the workplace? So we're seeing lots of different use cases and the truth is that they're not as high profile as the cryptocurrency one, right? So we don't hear a lot about the way financial services organizations are using permission blockchains like Quora or Corda. those are happening in the people in the industry understand them and you know use the technology as needed we're also seeing lots of use cases and utility happening in the digital credentialing arena there are different organizations both in the united states and outside of it that are using blockchain technology to provide digital credentials and it's happening on a global basis in india and in israel in the united states so we are definitely seeing more of that happen again a lot of the the utility is on a b2b basis in the sense that you know businesses are coming together to streamline their operations they're not necessarily ones that you know are as much talked about in the public realm and of course there is the b2c component in that you know as individuals share their data that is getting captured on a blockchain or in a in a trusted consortium that also is becoming increasingly common we're seeing that in the areas of background checks there are organizations that are using blockchain technology to ensure that run the background check process as i said we are seeing that in the digital credentialing process the national student clearing house has used blockchain to transfer information around graduation of you know students and certificates etc so we we are seeing quite a few different use cases i think part of it is you know the, the word is really not disseminated as widely around um, what we you know what's happening and i think that is a gap that eventually will be filled as well In looking at this issue, is there anything particularly surprising that's the implementation in the workplace? The one thing you know we've expected, or I, you know we've expected to to see, is that the potential of the use cases on the talent ecosystem. Uh, I mean, there there was a hypothesis that you know, it will take time to be understood, but because of the the reasons of trust around individual data, 
but we're seeing definitely that you know there is more acceptance of how information can be shared and managed using digital wallets and digital identity so that inherent fear that people might have uh, might have had thinking that that would be a barrier to some of this uh, I, i don't think has been as severe so, so we're definitely seeing you know people coming together forming these consortiums and operating in a, in a pretty efficient fashion so much more than we would have expected people picking up the book what would you like them to really take home about blockchain its future its implications and its implementation in the workplace um, the three things that you know i think are really important to keep in mind is first is that the nature of the global talent ecosystem is changing so that's the first thing that all of us need to be conscious of and the disaggregation of skills the flex work the gig work the agency that people are seeking around the world is a huge trend that everyone needs to be conscious about the second you know again i hope people take away from the book is the fact that our potential as a global community is remains untapped if we don't bring everybody along into the digital economy and that how much more successful as a community would be be if more people participated if we were really accessing human potential no matter where they sit right so that represents a big force of optimism for me but also a big force of potential that i think we can work together um to achieve and then third is you know blockchain represents uh, a means a way to really make some of these things happen and transform the talent ecosystem at a global level uh it's by you know no means the, the answer to all our problems around the talent ecosystem but it's the first you know a good step in helping us build a more equitable talent ecosystem a more fungible and more useful talent ecosystem as our uh, you know for, for the future we were talking with ms elizabeth varghese her new book block chain reaction the future of how we live and work ms varghese thank you so much for joining us today on the grok science show thank you so much and that's all for this week's edition of the grok science show Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at grox.net. For Grox Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.grox.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.